You can tell we're starting to get towards the beginning of football season, can you not? Of course, we've had plenty of news for you when it comes to quarterback and other things. In fact, some of the other things that Jeff Scott spoke about that we didn't have for you on yesterday's show that I found interesting. And one flub on my part, a very, very pertinent soundbite to Gary Bohannon that we missed playing for you that we'll do here shortly. Of course, the football luncheon was Wednesday. I could not make it. I had a lot going on at the home front and some USF-related stuff that I had to attend to that I can't tell you about right now, but believe me, it'll be soon. Trust me, it does involve the football broadcasts and more than that. So there's big news coming up, and of course you'll hear about it here on Bullsbeat. I have run into several cool people over the last few days. They were cool already, and then when they told me they listened to Bullsbeat on a regular basis, made them even more cool. Hope you've picked up on the fact that If you miss a show as it streams on Bulls Unlimited, there are still plenty of ways to get it now, even more. And I want to thank Steve Versnick, our radio director, for making sure that all these new ways and methods of listening to past shows are available. If you're listening to us on one of these platforms now already, you know about them, but there are others. SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, all. If you just type Unlimited Unloaded, you can go back and listen to shows. The only way to catch them as they air for the first time, of course, are on Tune in. That is the new home of USF Bulls Unlimited. And, of course, we have plenty of live play-by-play events. We'll have two this weekend, and then next weekend, or next week, really, cranks up like you wouldn't believe, and not even football yet. There is a football radio show coming up, not next week, but the following ahead of Game Week against BYU. But as I've been saying, we've got a dozen live play-by-play events or so, even before the first football event. Namely, this weekend, the last preseason match for men's soccer is on a Saturday night. The women's soccer season kicks off on Sunday night. You're going to hear a little bit from head coach Denise Schilte-Brown in our second segment. Then next week is when it really kicks into gear with Thursday starting off the men's season as part of a doubleheader with the women at Corbett Soccer Stadium. Friday, two matches for the volleyball team, which will begin. You'll hear more volleyball talk next week and then more volleyball and soccer over the weekend. Yeah, we love bringing play-by-play to you here on USF Bulls Unlimited. Make sure you tell your friends about it. I know I just told you that a lot of people listen to the show, and yet there are still some that don't know that we exist. So make sure you pass along the link. Tell them to follow that Twitter if they do, at Bulls Unlimited. A lot of folks were at Armature Works on Wednesday afternoon. They got to see Matt Grothy speak about the Fowler Collective. You also got to enjoy Gary Bohannon as part of a panel that included Antonio Greer, Rayshon Yates, and Meech Harris. President Law spoke as well as Michael Kelly and, of course, Jeff Scott. And it was, uh, from what I heard, again, I wasn't there. Don't worry, we're going to get a full recap on Bull Speed Ahead. I want to remind you that Michael Kelly will be sitting down with me. Actually, just a little inside information here. We're going to record the shows on Thursday afternoon. And those will be posted on Friday. You can get them right here on Bulls Unlimited. We'll run them for the first time in the 8 o'clock hour leading up to Bulls Beat, in other words. And, of course, GoUSFBulls.com always does a great job of making sure not only to post the audio if you just want to go right to it instead of waiting for it on the stream, but also some of the content from the actual conversation. And yes, we will get a full recap. We try to give you some inside information on the program. There's a lot happening, obviously. In fact, today, I know there's an all-staff meeting right before we tape the show, so maybe there'll be some news that we're allowed to pass along to you when it comes to that. But in brief, the news that came out of it, as it were, dealt with two big topics, fundraising and picking someone to design and build the 
on Campus Stadium. As a matter of fact, Michael Kelly said that one of the three firms that had submitted proposals to build a stadium is going to be recommended. So they listened to three proposals, and on September 6th, that one firm will get the green light as much as possible. The fundraising stuff was outstanding. The USF Bulls Club, and there's an article on GoUSFBulls.com, raised $22 million for the past fiscal year, which was an increase of more than $15 million from the previous. 16 gifts of $50,000 or more. 25 new iron bulls, which means you donate $10,000 or more. It was a banner year, and considering everything that's going on, you know, with the momentum of the indoor performance facility and the on-campus stadium, I would say the two are slightly linked. If you didn't hear the last bull speed ahead, the second block begins basically with a good chunk on all of the different levels of fundraising that you can have. But I'm going to play a couple of minutes here because, again, this is something that was near and dear to Michael Kelly. He wanted to make sure people knew about the various ways that you could target specific programs if you wanted to. But really, this is kind of an excuse to play, and I hope Michael Kelly makes this a weekly occurrence, him quoting a famous line from a movie. But what I think some fans maybe not have realized, which is a huge opportunity and a a great blessing to our student-athletes, is a recent Supreme Court case, the Austin case, uh, the, the ruling that came down from that basically is, has now provided the opportunity for schools directly to provide nearly $6,000 a year to student-athletes individually as long as they meet certain academic criteria and metrics. So it's, again, pursuing their, the ultimate mission here to kind of help them graduate from here. And so we're designing a system by which uh, we're going to have those uh, um, you know, a system in place for that. But obviously the big part of being able to pr- provide that, that funding is going to really come from, from our annual fund and our okay. operating growth. So. You'll see more and more about uh, the emphasis on our annual fund is really to provide and, and feed that uh, opportunity as much as we can. If, if, if I can find opportunities mm-hmm. to, to be able to provide our student-athletes up to six, uh, you know, nearly $6,000 a year by them meeting certain academic thresholds, that's a huge boost to uh, their student-athlete experience. Because if you think back over the past 10 years, cost of attendance has now come into play to be able to help support student-athletes. And now if this Austin money can help support the opportunity for student-athletes, then, of course, everything we've talked about before and learned in the industry, then there's also these NIL opportunities, which we can't be directly involved in. The student-athletes basically start their own business for now and can kind of create that. But the Austin money is things we could directly do and and can can provide, and that's why we want to have the budget resources to do that, and then provide the instruments necessary for them to be able to flourish and succeed on the NIL NIL standpoint as well, which is what we're grateful that there are a handful of of, uh, supporters out there that have, and third parties that have kind of helped make that make that NIL possibility happen, which, uh, so when you look at all, you know I'm a big movie buff, right? (laughs) You watch movies all the time. So I'm reminded of Starsky and Hutch, right? the movie Starsky and Hutch. Uh, one of the one <laughs> of the movies that clearly a lot of important parallels are drawn from. It's a, it's a classic, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. A very, very uh, you know. But there's a Snoop Dogg's character is is, is named Huggy Bear, right? And and his whole his whole famous line is he always says, "I lay it out so that you can play it out." And so here at, here here at USF, you know, with so many we have so many needs, and there's so many different ways to contribute. When you hear the when you hear the needs of the student athlete, when you see the opportunities and the desires of our fans, you really want to. The main thing for us this summer was to be able to make sure there was the opportunity to provide whatever a donor or a prospect feels comfortable or focused on giving. We now have that opportunity to do that, so you truly can 
plan if, if, if you feel good about the NIL space, you want to deal directly with students, you can go straight to that student athlete. You can go straight to the Fowler Avenue Collective. There's a lot of different things you can do. When you want to kind of support things through the Austin uh, Award Program and their operating budgets, you can go straight to supporting us in the Bulls Club through our annual fund. When you want to support buildings or long-term measures, oh. you have the Brahmin uh, Society, uh, the Golden Brahmin Society, and then uh, and, and everything in between. So we're just so grateful for uh, whether you give us $1 a year or whether you're a Bulls Club legend that's given over a million dollars a lifetime. Uh, we're so grateful, and we need to keep growing. But uh, the way in which you give and the areas to which you give are truly up to the fan. Look, man, I lay it out for y'all to play it out. All right? What does that mean? I look forward to some tango and cash quotes that I'll probably pull out of him on this show. If you do want to contact, of course, you don't have to be an Iron Bull, which means more than $10,000 per year, by the way. You can help out in any way you can. It's 1-800-GO-BULLS. I would just head to mybullsclub.com if you want to find out more about that. A couple more sound bites here from Jeff Scott. Again, we had so much on the quarterback situation yesterday. There was bound to be a moment that I missed, and this was a pretty pertinent, and again, we stress the leadership qualities of Gary Bohannon, I think, well enough, but pertinent anecdote as part of this sound clip. One of the best advice that I got from Coach Sweeney, he said, when you know there's a hard decision to be made, and you're not willing to make that decision, then somebody else deserves to sit in your seat. And I was just really, I mean, these are tough. I mean, I, I love Timmy, uh, and he, he knows that, the way that we've treated him. I mean, I, I love that young man. He's got a bright future. I mean, we love Kelly Bryant. We went 12-2 and two with Kelly Bryant, went to the playoffs. And his senior year, Trevor Lawrence was just better. And so there's 119 other players in that room, and you owe it to the team to, to do what you think is best for that team. And, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's a tough decision when you're dealing with, with young men and, and big decisions like that. And uh, that, that's not the fun part of the job, but that's also, you know, why? Because, you know, the, the leadership trusts you that you're going to make those decisions. And those aren't the only ones, right? There's, there's these things come along and some up behind the scenes. Uh, but this was a very, uh, obviously, one out in the open. And uh, I knew it was going to be difficult. Uh, but, you know, the, I know that uh, we, we made the best decision for the information that we had. Uh, I feel very confident uh, that our players see that. Another thing I'll say about Gary is um, the first night of, of fall camp before the very first practice, something we've done for years uh, on both sides of the ball, we do an all-in vote. And so the offense is in one room, the defense is in another room, and Coach Trickett went to the offensive players, passed out a sheet of paper, and he had, he had every offensive player list uh, the top three leaders in this room. Who are the guys you listen to? Who are the guys you look up to? Who are the guys that are going to lead us to a successful season this year? List your top three. Don't write your name on it. They turn it all in. All right? And that was before the very first practice, and Gary was in the top three. He had 27 votes. All right? We didn't have another quarterback with one vote. And so that was before the first practice. So when I tell you that our team kind of knows, you know, that, that gives you the confidence as well as a coach uh, to, that, that uh, even though it's a tough decision, those guys know they're around there all the time and, and, and they see things. And uh, it was actually uh, Brad Cecil, Meech Harris, and, and, and Gary Bohannon uh, were the top three uh, before the very first practice. Definitely wanted to include the two offensive linemen as well, Meech and Cease. That could be like a Starsky and Hutch or a Tango and Cash. I'll work on that. But Bohannon before the first practice, yeah, that was uh, pretty clear. Now, one other thing that I really we don't know how much or if much of an impact Byron Matos is going to have on the football team, but it is a great story, and I'm sure it'll be one that you know you're probably going to see a lot of coverage on when it comes to you know 
the actual game broadcast on TV. It is fascinating to have this giant 6'9 guy from the basketball team. And by the way, he is no longer on the basketball team. He is trying to play football. If you want to go back and listen to my conversation with him, which was, I thought, very enjoyable, he respects how difficult football is, but he's also like, man, those quarterbacks are lucky that I'm not allowed to hit them. I love to hit. Really engaging, and if you head to about two weeks ago on the Unlimited Unloaded page, I grouped him with the defensive line, basically. Just either search Matos or type interviews with DL or just scroll down to about two weeks ago. But Coach Scott giving us a progress report on how the former basketball player is. And I knew he was a baseball guy, but not everybody on the team did. Matos, uh, I learned a little bit more about Matos. We had the safe seat with him. That was pretty interesting. Uh, he was like a, a rising baseball star uh, in the Dominican Republic. And uh, we, we kind of were not sure if he was telling the truth up there, if he was just kind of telling a, uh, some, some fibs. But, uh, no, he, he really was. He's a, a great baseball player early on, and then he moved over to basketball, and then now he's moving transition to football. Um, he's probably the best-looking player on the team as far as, you, you know, he's going to be the guy we let off the bus first for sure. Uh, but he's still learning a lot about him. I mean, he – he looks like the NFL guys right now, but he's got a lot to learn. I mean, he's just never played football before. Um, so he's got a lot to learn. But what I'll say about him is it's important to him. And again, I keep going back to that grit score thing because that's just a, that's a consistency and work ethic. He was, in the, he was in top 10 in grit score. Coming over to football, never being here, going through football workouts because he just has a desire and a drive that he wants to be great. But there was also just a lot to learn. So uh, he's getting better. Uh, but I, I, I would say with his size and ability and his want to, it's going to come. Uh, but it's probably going to take a little longer because literally, I mean, he never played one high school snap. You know, in the scrimmage Saturday is the first time he ever played in a scrimmage situation. Uh, but, you know, the, the good news is, uh, you know, he's 20-something years old and he's got four years of eligibility left. So he's got a long time. But we, we, we put him inside, working him at D-tackle just because he's – you know, whatever it is, 6'6 or 6'7 maybe, and, uh, you know, 285, 290 pounds. He'll be 300 pounds pretty quick after we start traveling and, and eating in the hotels on Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited uh, about, about him in the future, but it's still a little bit early for him. He's, he's learning you can't just stand up and, you know, try to look over the O-line in the backfield. They'll, they'll, they'll run you backwards. So he's kind of learning through a little bit of that. But what, what I can say about him is and his desire to do it that's really what you look for. And guys that come over from basketball or come from another sport, it's, you know, do they really want to do it or do they just think they want to do it? And he really wants to do it. So it's going to take a little while, but whenever it clicks for him, uh, we're going to be excited that we have him. So we hope that you learn more about the individuals with the interviews I do. They're learning more about each other. I guess the safe seat is something that we're learning about, and that great name, I guess, you can get up in front of the team without too many repercussions. You're not going to have to take too much crap. They take it easy on you in other words unlike the freshman talent show where you have to perform there was a hint dropped today by usf football as we're taping this that there was some spectacular performances so look out for more of that but speaking of byron matos as i was on GoUSFBulls.com just to confirm that you know he's six foot nine he looks taller than that in football gear now this is a awesome feature and it's mostly for broadcasters but you can take advantage of it now too if you go to GoUSFBulls.com, as we're taping this, football, women's soccer, and volleyball, every individual on the roster has a little earpiece next to their name. It's them pronouncing their name. Boy, does that help us, but you can also do it yourself. Click on there, and you get to hear what their voice sounds like. It's actually the player. 
Amanda DeWitt, not DeWitt or DeWitt, it's Amanda DeWitt, I learned that speaking to her last week with volleyball, is just an example. You're going to hear more volleyball interviews next week building up to that season beginning. But this weekend, women's soccer starts. You'll hear from Denise Shelty-Brown and more when we return. This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. Again, stay tuned for some news. Hopefully we have it for you on tomorrow's show. If not, then definitely by Monday. And by the way, we will do a Monday show, but no Tuesday or Wednesday Bulls beat next week. It's the last few days that there's really no play-by-play event slash football broadcast to get ready for that I'm going to have for many, many months as we are going to transition, of course, from the soccer and the volleyball and the football into basketball, and then that transitions into baseball. I happen to maybe take a sneak peek at the baseball offices that might have a uh, way to find out who they're playing this year. Don't worry, I'm not going to give anything away, but it's uh, potentially a very strong schedule with maybe a very exciting road trip in there that I may or may not be able to take because it could be right in the middle of, you know, the NCAA women's basketball tournament. If you are not familiar, I do play-by-play for those two sports, women's basketball and baseball, including traveling with the teams, which I just love being able to do. Really appreciate that. We've gotten to many an NCAA tournament game in the first five years of Bulls Unlimited, including soccer. We added soccer play-by-play full-time in year three. This is year six. And really started to try volleyball on a full-time basis in the brief 2020 season, which was actually in the spring of 2021 and then last year, essentially did most of the home matches, and that'll be the case again starting next week. Looking forward to that. Now, moving along to soccer. Before we get to Denise Shilty-Brown, and she addresses the topic that I brought up during the two women's soccer preseason games. That's very interesting. I realized that, you know, with all the quarterback news on yesterday's show, we kind of just had a few minutes left at the end for a couple of the men's soccer highlights, and I noted how the game was a foul-filled contest with the University of Tampa, and I didn't really get to talk about much of the players. We'll correct that here, but more on the fouls. I went back to my audio files. I record the games, basically when we don't have a producer. In other words, we're not a studio broadcast like we are for football and basketball. I'm in charge of not just announcing, but hooking up everything and recording it. Did you know that? Just trying to impress you. But I obviously have the actual audio files of the games, hopefully saved, and then I edit them down so that in the cases of basketball and soccer and volleyball, now that I think of it, the replays are 90 minutes. So we trim off some of the parts where there wasn't much going on in the action, that kind of thing. But I do actually see the raw file, and I can tell you that the second half, which is a 45-minute, you have a stoppage here or there, but and it's never exactly 45 minutes. Most halves of soccer end up being somewhere in the low 50s with the stoppages. This half was exactly an hour. That's how many fouls there were. And the game itself took a full 24 minutes longer, 24 minutes longer than the previous preseason game, which obviously wasn't nearly as physical between the Bulls and St. Leo. But some observations on some players. A lot of them linked up for the goal. Alfred Perez, who is the transfer from Harvard, scored it. Jamon Barclay, who served it up. Again, just another addition to this roster. And we got to see some individuals who we didn't see in the first preseason game. Gabby Privetera, who has had a string of injuries and misfortune, was able to get on the field and immediately took a couple of corner kicks. He is going to be the guy that serves up free kicks and corner kicks. 
and is a very exciting member of the midfield. Ashmere Spengler, who is a transfer from Stetson and a Tampa Catholic kid, he got on the field for the first time, and man, was he a big-time creator. So Bob Butehorn, and I'm going to talk to him about this, has a much harder job, but in a good way, because everyone's healthy, and you've got just a load of options. And as I addressed on the broadcast, his job became more difficult because, yes, you pretty much can't go wrong, whoever you have on the field, but you want to be exactly right. You want to have the exact right starting 11 out there. Make sure that you have your best opportunities to win games, especially when you're playing teams like the defending national runner-up, like Washington. So very strong roster that Coach Bob Butenhorn has, and you'll get to hear them again and maybe see them if you want to go on Saturday night to Corbett Soccer Stadium for the last preseason game against Eckerd, then they start the regular season next Thursday. Starting this Sunday night, even though the American Athletic Conference teams, all of them besides the Bulls, kick off tonight, actually, as we discussed on yesterday's conference show, the Bulls of Denise Shilty-Brown. Now, they made the NCAA tournament five years in a row. They've lost Evelyn Vienne and Sydney Nacella, who were kind of the focal points of the offense. So what do you do this year to try and keep that streak going? That was the question posed to her by Joey Johnston, and it got her going on a couple of very interesting topics. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think an important one for all coaches to be very like reflective after the season, after your, your previous season about how you're going to move forward. Um, you don't want to just you know, leave the season behind and, and hope for the best with the transition of old players and new players. I think that we've shown as a program we know how to recruit, so I'm confident that we have same level of talent. We're not going to have a level of, of drop talent, but how do we, how do we forge forward beyond where we've been before, right? So we've been consistent in the NCAA, gotten to the Sweet 16, but we want this program to continue and grow and move forward. So, you know, reflecting upon that, a couple things. One, interesting with the rule change, you know, we don't go into overtime, so that does, you know, impact our model of play, but perhaps in, the, in a good way for us. So we have to be thinking about how we can be more effective in the final third, a little bit more dangerous during the regular, um, you know, time of the game and that 90-minute time slot because we don't have that extra 20 minutes. And we use that extra 20 minutes well in our program. That was part of our model. You know, we kept possession. We normally had 80% of the possession, Tigers teams down, and then in overtime we're scoring goals. We were never panicked by that. But now knowing that that time got shorter, shorter and wanting to be more potent in the final third, um, you know, that, that culmination, I think, helped us. So we've been very focused in preseason on that. The girls will tell you, very demanding when we're finishing on goal, um, looking for precision, excellence, looking for habits that we can retain and, and continue when we're in the game. Um, and I would say in previous seasons that we've been very focused on the model of play and our build and in the middle third. And the final third, we were letting somewhat take care of itself. And now we're taking a, a little bit sharper and more care in that final third. Um, and then also, you know, we've been a program that has been blessed with some video capabilities. The Spideo on our, which is a, a video camera analysis on our practice field and our game field. We have Instat. Um, we have the iPads in games. We have our exercise science that has the latest technology for what our output is and our loads should be. And now for this season, we want to maximize that. So I think we've done a good job, good use of that. But going into this season, we want to use our video better. So we're going to once a week have video breakdown within our groups, our different pods, our forwards, midfielders, defenders, or different you know groups that work together. And then halftime, we actually will come into this room. We're looking to raise money for our own soccer video room, um, which I think is really important for our future. 
Um, but until we have that opportunity, we'll be coming in here at halftime and we'll be using clips at halftime to show a better picture. And we did it for our first exhibition games. And I think the girls will attest that that, that visual makes a big difference. You know, you can talk about it, you can write the X's and O's, they can understand what you're talking about, but this generation is super visual. They, they were on their phone right before they came in here, right? So everything that they're learning, the roadmap for them for success is something that they can see. So we're really trying to um, improve um, for them individually on the field and then as a group collectively, our tactical adjustments at halftime. So excited about that change. So perhaps that latter situation might Explain, I don't know, what happened in their last preseason game. Nothing, nothing at halftime. Stetson was clogging up the middle of the field. They changed their approach, maybe looked at some video, and scored two goals in the first five minutes of the second half. Wow, imagine that. Sounds like a pretty positive switch there. Also, she mentioned the rule change. There is no overtime anymore in women's soccer. Of course, when you get to the postseason, you will have overtime, but it has been if you're tied after 90 minutes, you get 20 minutes of sudden death, and then if it's still no score, no score in the overtime, then you actually have a tie. Well, the Bulls won four games in overtime last year, and two of those were in the final minute. Much to her point, they like to grind you down and take advantage of those extra 20 minutes. It's like a 110-minute game, but they can't plan for a tie anymore, at least a tie through 90 minutes. And frankly, if you flipped all of those wins, those four overtime conference wins to ties last year, the Bulls aren't making the NCAA tournament, so they'll have to sort of move it along a little bit quicker this year. We'll have more of Coach tomorrow, as well as the two players who spoke, Sidney Martinez and Lucy Roberts, ahead of the start of the regular season in that sport. By the way, Vivian Bissett and Sarita Thurton played for Team Canada in the Under-20 World Cup. They ended up falling yesterday to Nigeria 3-1, to so they did not come away with the win, but I'm sure a great experience that we'll talk to both of them about soon. That's going to wrap it up for Bulls Beat. Remember, we've got Bob Shoup along with Matt Hill and Will Jones speaking on Zoom today. We'll have that audio for you tomorrow as well. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded.